You're listening to 43 Feet, a podcast about leadership. We believe that real leading happens out front, but that usually means you're probably building the next 43 feet of good road for those behind you while you're running the race yourself. My name is Frank Schwartz, known in the gloom of the early morning as Dark Helmet to my F3 brothers. Make way for Dark Helmet. All rise in the presence of Dark Helmet. Every week, I'll be talking with leaders in and out of F3, including regular appearances for my shared leadership team. If I'm going to do this, I'll need my news team at my side. News team, assemble! We're here for candid conversations, to answer questions from around F3 Nation, to pontificate wildly, teach leadership, and otherwise attempt to help you navigate the next 43 feet. And we're back. I think we're renaming Gobbler to Chili's. I want my baby back, baby back, baby back. Pax, if you Don't could see, if you could see, Don't be the video portion hey. of this podcast, you would know that Gobbler is two fists deep in a slab of ribs as we record here. First of all, two things. One, it's been so stinking busy here. I haven't had a chance to eat lunch. Fair. Second of all, I have a Samoan as a neighbor who makes great ribs whenever he cooks, and he always brings me some. So be nice to your neighbors. That's the rule for today. Also, also fair and understandable. And it's only 146 where you are in the Pacific Northwest versus 446 where it is here uh, in Eastern time, uh, where three of the, the five of us are on this call. Uh, one, one other of us isn't in that time zone, and we'll discuss that in a second. But that voice you just heard here on the 43 Feet podcast was that of the nation's weasel shaker, Eric Nowak, 41 Gobbler. 42. 42. Dang it, I did it again. You're almost there. How's everyone doing today? Uh, I mean, I'm I'm not GMO good, but I'm pretty good. <laughs> I am freaking awesome today, and I'm sticking <laughs> with that story. I'm in. I'm in. I got that. Uh, that voice, of course, was the head of sectors for F3 Nation, Steve Schaefer, 57. Very good. Oh, my gosh. He only looks 42. Man. It's just oh, hard. Man. <laughs> it's hard, but 57 GMO. Genetically modified old man, as man. he informed us. I believe it was last time or time before that we were all together. Yes, sir. Uh, how are you doing today, Biggin? Being I the am. other man that's not in the Eastern time zone, he's in the Central time zone <laughs> as he is in St. Louis. <laughs> yeah, I'm taking a little break here from the mammon. Record this uh, on, the, on the call here. I'm doing great. I had a great weekend with my uh, 2.2. Uh, very active in my church this weekend, uh, trying to uh, get some men to go on a, a men's retreat for about three days to get away and, and rest and reconnect and recharge. So uh, I am Excellent. recharged. Yeah, Excellent. Uh, also joining us on the podcast today, the head of leadership development for F3 Nation, Seth Brown, 45 Bono, 47. He's 47. 47. Thank yeah. you, though. I'll, I'll take it. I'll, yeah. uh, I was what, saying I was close to 57 last week. So, yeah, 47. And I'm in the car on the way home because some, some of us actually have to work for a living. I do not understand what you're saying right now. Oh, I know. Hey, but life is good, brother. <laughs> Excellent. Uh, thank you for being here. And last but certainly not least, the the newly donned, not all that new anymore, I guess, but he's still the newest member of the SLT for F3, uh, and that is Chris Gambino, 
40 Bada Bing out of Jacksonville, Florida. How are you, Biggin? Um, great to be here. Having my uh, 2.75 cup of coffee today. Uh, we'll not finish this or I'll be up all night. And uh, it's VQ week here in Jacksonville. Ooh. So what it's is a that? good week. It's exciting. It's exciting. If you have, it, it, it it's for all the packs like? who haven't queued, it's time for them to step up, get a co-queue if they need it, get some encouragement, get some resources around them, let them fail, let them mess up. And it's VQ week at every AO. So we're, we're jacked about that. Yeah, Had a fun one this is, morning. That's pretty awesome. I like that idea. We, you know, we often try to, you know, figure out how to sprinkle them in and site queues work on that. But I like the idea of having a week dedicated to VQs. Uh, that's pretty, uh, pretty solid. So would you say that uh, having a VQ week would be like a rule? I mean, we have rules in F3, right? We are all free to lead, my friend. We have yeah. mission, vision, and core principles, uh-huh. rules. I've never read anything in free to lead about rules. Well, I think you read something about it, but it wasn't very complimentary. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So actually, that, so that's kind of my uh, lame attempt at a segue. Uh, being a, as uh, Dredd reminded me uh, a few weeks ago, a skilled amateur, but certainly not a professional like Kitty uh, in, in the uh, broadcasting department. Um, but as a skilled uh, amateur, that was my attempt at a segue to say, you know, one of the things that I think we run into a lot and, and you know, we get all kinds of questions uh, that get posted either in our nation Slack um, you know, a lot of us get DMs about these questions, whether that's on Twitter or Slack or, you know, somebody texts us or something like that. And usually, I would say usually, not all the time, but a significant portion of the time, those questions settle around some sort of desire for a decision to be made from the nation. Like, what is the nation's take on this? Or what is the rule about this? I, I get that question a lot. What, what, what's the rule about this? Or what's the, you know, what's our, our, the way we do this, right? Whatever those things might be. And it's everything. And we've talked about this before on the podcast, but everything from, you know, uh, how old can a kid be to be at the, at a, at a workout or, you know, what time in the morning are we supposed to start? Or, I mean, <laughs> you name it. Right. And guys are desperately looking for someone to tell them what the rules are. But as Bada Bing said, we don't have rules. We have five core principles, a mission, a credo, you know, uh, but we don't we don't really have rules. So the question that Gobbler posed to us in our Slack, our SLT Slack was, are you an F3 legalist? And I said, probably or wait maybe not i don't know what the crap is an f3 legalist so why don't you tell us what an f3 legalist is god so this uh i don't remember the whole how i got there actually i do know how i got there I, i've been on vacation and um i was a guest queue at two different aos uh one being uh, a, a f3 blue ridge right near my hometown the closest region is now going to come to my my hometown and then my old stopping grounds pittsburgh and i as i tend to do when i'm visiting I do a, a very straight up workout where I will do a string of pearls and I, I typically I'll do my warm up. I start with the mission and I always find the newest guy there and ask him the F3 mission. And he all, almost always will botch it. And the penalty is five burpees. And I will typically do that twice um, to drive home the point. And then I'll I'll let them pick. So they'll pick a guy who knows the mission on the third one. Um, but you could use that technique and, and rack up a lot of burpees, by the way, I have found out because not everyone knows the mission. We'll come back to that. So then we just do a string of pearls. I have some exercise. We'll run. We'll do an exercise while the guys are catching the breath. I'll do a little teaching point on each core principle. Um, and as I do that, 
what I do is I don't just teach the principle. I teach the idea behind the principle because our words are finite. And while we're very, very good, I think, at picking the proper words, you're never a word is finite and the idea is infinite. And so you have to talk a little bit. Your about words it. are almost never finite. Continue. I mean, it was dread that kind of helped make these. But anyways, so I started thinking about, OK, is it possible to follow the core principle and miss the intent? Is it possible to say, oh, I'm doing it right? I'm open to all men and you spend all of your time you know, making sure, you know, focusing on it, but do it in a way that actually is not the way we meant. Um, and what I mean by that is when I teach it, I teach about the fact that open to all men is about inclusion and not about exclusion, right? So what is an F3 legalist? The bottom line, it is the man who focuses on following a preconceived rule, guideline, principle, whatever you want to call it. And he focuses on following that as opposed to following the heart of man, the following the and pursuing the, the men and loving the men. So that's what it is. You follow a guideline, a rule, whatever you want to call it, as opposed to loving your man. Okay. All right. Uh, thoughts, men? Yeah, I always think of legalism in sort of the churchy sense. Uh, and I don't won't go down that rabbit hole too much, but uh, you know, it's essentially at F3, um, as Doa said, the core principles are what they are, right? And those are, if you will, a sacred cow as I jump into religious terms, right? The mission and the core principles. Those are the only sacred cows we have in the credo, right? Leave I no think man GMO high, just broke out in hives. No man where we find him. I'm trying to look, but I think maybe. But everything else is free, baby, right? Do what you will to lead them in. Uh, have a workout at uh, 5.30, and another one at 6.30 right after it, if you want. Have one at 6.30 at night. doesn't matter. Have a VQ week. Do what you want. Interesting. Jimo, you got a little uncomfortable when yeah. he said, to put it in churchy terms. What, help me out there. Well, I didn't want to have a religious dogma debate here on this call. That's probably... <laughs> that's, that's, that's why probably I was like, no, I, That is not, not what this podcast I is pivot, I pivoted pretty well. Yeah, I, I liked it. I liked it. <laughs> I think, uh, you know, a little bit of what Gobbler was saying, and, and obviously, you know, Bada Bing, too, it's, uh, it's really a flip in our leadership, because many of us in our mammon are relying on control and hierarchy, and I get to say, you got to do, and I really loved how F3 has expanded my definition of my definition of leadership and it's all through influence. So I think you guys were saying it, right? It's like, first I'm gonna ask, well, why would you wanna do that? What are you trying to accomplish? Um, you know, if it sounds like it fits the mission and core principles, I'm gonna say, let's give it a try. I don't know. So it really is for me a way to not have so much control, which is a way for me to live a better life. Because when you're trying to control everything all the time, there's a lot of stress involved in that. So let's make F3 not just free, but also a hell of a lot of fun. And it's just more fun to see guys try stuff and fail uh, as yeah. part of our leadership development um, process. So I think Ooh. that's a good segue for Bono. I was just going to say, wow, that was that was nicely placed there, GMO. <laughs> that, that was very – and what's, what's crazy, GMO, is, is I was sitting here thinking as you guys were talking, thinking about things like, all right, so we have roles, so so – the other thing, too, is total chaos is not good for organizations or communities. So it's things like, you know, what are the guardrails? And for me, it's the, the core principles. And I was thinking, 
you know, we, we have these core principles. And then I was thinking about influence. And the whole idea for me is, is rules make me think of micromanagement, makes me think of the guy who wants to control every single thing. And part of it for me was the idea that the only human being in this world that I can control is myself, including my two girls, um, who I would like to control, but I really can't, right? Because they're two girls and they're uh, strong-willed girls and good, right? But it's this whole idea for me of influence. And when you said influence, I was like, amen, brother, I would uh, get up and, and give you a high five if I was close by. But that idea of influence is key. And I think one of the things with influence is, is the, the principles and the credo and, and the, those things give us the guardrails that make sure we're in alignment. So it's not just total chaos, uh, but it's how do we make sure we're in alignment and we're still free to lead the specifics, I think. Yeah, absolutely. If uh, it packs, if you are a longtime listener of F3 podcasts, and if you happened to listen to the old uh, 43 feet podcast before everybody edited out all the idiot banter and chatter between Dred and I, uh, <laughs> once they got rid of that and just got to the substantive portion, you probably wouldn't catch this. But um, one of the things we used to joke about a lot uh, on there was, and uh, I'm going to out them right here on the on the podcast was that Memphis was the land of rules. We always joked about that, um, you know, because anytime there was something that uh, required a decision or, a, you know, kind of a hot take or whatever you want to say right, of, of how a thing ought to go or be Memphis was always more than happy to raise their hand after Memphis, you know, as as a region was more than happy to raise their hand and say, well, no, that's not how that's not how it should be. Right. Or whatever it is. Now, obviously, they were just kind of expressing how they do it there and they didn't really mean to be you know super dogmatic and telling everybody what to do necessarily uh, although you know in every joke there's like half a truth right um but that's kind of kind of why we picked on them and said you know hey you're the you're the land of rules memphis is the land of rules and but i think you know one of the things that gobbler mentioned is you know do you do you have kind of local practices though you know, are there things kind of in your local culture that are kind of unspoken rules and and things that are followed? And is that bad? I would say probably not necessarily. Depends on what it is, probably, right? But is it so much so, you know, that it's like, well, this keeps us from uh, from loving the man next to us. Now, I'll give you a a region that will remain nameless. Um but has kind of a, an unspoken, uh, you know, we don't really pick up the six around here, you know, and, you know, we kind of, we do the workout and if they catch up, they catch up and, you know, best of luck. And we would try to end with everybody in the COT, but we may or may not it just, you know, like if they're too slow, they're not going to make it. Right. And, um, and that's a, a practice kind of where they are now. Some guys would be like, well, that's a violation of the credo. You know, you're not, you're leaving a man behind and so on and so on. And I would say, well, you're not leaving him where you found him either. And, you know, you're forcing him to kind of, you know, if you want to get faster, run with faster guys. Right. And while it is part of the credo, I guess you could, you know, you could interpret the credo that way. It is not a core principle to make sure that every man's in COT. So, you know, is that a, a case where sort of the unspoken cultural rule is, you know, problematic, right? Something like that. And are there things in our, our regions or, uh, you know, our lives, even with the uh, outside of F3, where we are 
becoming a little too legalistic and too obsessed with, you know, the rule versus, uh, you know, kind of the, the feeling and the meaning behind it, the principles uh, behind it. I would say too, what I'm seeing, you know, sometimes in my own life, uh, as well as in regions across the world, is you get stuck in this rut of this is our culture, and all of a sudden it becomes this unwritten, unspoken rule, and uh, Pax is afraid to disrupt that or question it. And anytime, you know, a lot of regions will say we're getting stagnant. Maybe it's time to stir things up. Think about a new Nantan, a new SLT, uh, reset, and think about all of the culture. Think about where you're accelerating and create new guidelines underneath the mission and the core principles. I think you can really get in a, a leadership rut and it really can stagnate uh, a man and, and the region. What do you guys think? You know, I absolutely. I mean, that is um, it's one of the best reasons to just change out leaders sometimes. Um, may, sometimes the organization, what they need may grow beyond the leader. Sometimes the leader gets burnt out. Sometimes you just need fresh eyes. It's, it's not because the guy is messing up. It's because you just a new guy brings new energy, new vision, just different. Right. And so that may be where you go. And that's one of the reasons we one of the reasons we advocate, hey, change out your Nantan on a regular basis. OK, Um but I would say, you know, coming back, I firmly believe that there is some some men, some people are very, very comfortable with rules. And it's because they're uncomfortable in the unknowable. They're uncomfortable in chaos and rules make them feel safe. They know they can check off and know they've accomplished something. The problem is that if, if that was only what it did, I, I think maybe we could live with that. But it's not. Invariably, what happens is these rules become a way to measure yourself against other people. And you're like, oh, uh, you know, look at that. Uh, you know, I'm I'm open to all men. I'm better than this organization or I'm I'm this I'm I'm that, you know, you, pr you begin to pride yourself by your ability to meet this standard of whatever it is. The irony is that no matter what standard you set up for, even if it's custom built to you you will still fail to meet it no matter what. And I don't care how custom built it is because someday you are not going to be able to meet your own standard. And so then you will fall short and then someone else will pick up that standard and beat you over the head with it. And you're going to find out, find yourself going, but wait, this is it's going to mess you up. So come back, you know, at the end of the day, the only way to move forward is to place, you know, the person above the standard and a lot of people struggle with that because they're like but the standard the standard the standard yes but what's the purpose of the standard the purpose is to make us all better the purpose is to love your fellow man and so you have yes there's going to be guidelines there's going to be times you're going to have culture and culture is great but to your point gmo sometimes you have to question the culture and you question it the purpose behind question it is because you love each packs and you want something better for them so that you're willing to sacrifice anything for another man. Is that kind of a, um, is that kind of the idea behind, you know, cause we, we hear it a lot. It's not really an F3 credo. It's a, it's a, a military thing. I think, you know, kind of that mission first men always mentality. Is that sort of the, the idea there? 
absolutely. So kind of going back, like, how do you, how do you get to this, this idea where the, the people become more focused on a, a standard or meeting rule or well, come back what I said at the very beginning. Uh, it's because we've lost sight of the mission. You see, as long as you have sight of the mission, then you realize that everything else can, can under the proper circumstances and with good discipline and discernment be sacrificed to the accomplishment of the mission. Um, it's a great book out there uh, written by uh, an FCAM called uh, Ender's Game. And I think it really goes, I don't know what you're talking about when you I know you that. don't know what I'm talking about. <laughs> but Orson Scott right. Card wrote a great book called Ender's Game. It's science fiction, but it was on the Marine Corps' reading list for years because it speaks to this idea is that at the end of the day, you in order to win, you must do two things. You have to you actually have to learn your enemy so much that you love him and you must be willing to sacrifice everything to win, which now become diametrically opposite values, by the way. And thus only a true leader can hold those. Interesting. Bono, I have a question for you just because when I think of, and, and you tell me I'm wrong, but uh, particularly in, in, and I say lower only because that's the word, right? That they, everybody's using like lower education, right? You know, like, uh, so K through 12 kind of thing. I mean, that's, K-12 right, that's, education. Is that what we say? Okay. I, I knew it was like K-12 education. <laughs> I'm sure there was yeah. some wrong thing I was going to say, but but no, but now, now, down east we call it lower education, <laughs> but that's different than what you're talking about. Boy, everything in the east is lower education. Um <laughs> no, but uh, but not college, right? So that K through 12, uh those people, that's who you primarily work with, right? Principals and all those kinds of things. Your whole life has got to be just a, a pile of rules. I haven't met a, a high school that does not love the heck out of rules. A middle school that does not just adore and worship rules. They love it. Don't walk fast in the hallway. Don't spit your gum out. Don't, you know, whatever. I, you name it, right? It's just rule after rule after rule. So how do you, how do you change that up? Or, or do you have to like live this weird dichotomous life? Or how do you handle that? So uh, that's, one of the things that aggravates me most about education, to be honest with you, you know, why does the bell ring at 1027 AM? That's the dumbest time in the world. Why? Because someone says the periods have to be 47 minutes. So that way every period, every class can be right. And that's why the bell rings at 1027 AM. Um, I think for me, part of the idea is, is looking, there are some things for me that um, are in my control and some things that are not. And I think one of the things that, um, we have to do is uh i'm sorry my bride just pulled up i'm sitting in my driveway right now she's right there you can't see her but she parked like three inches from me in the middle of the carport so i'm like hey life is fun i'm back on t- track now um but i think part of it is is knowing there are some things i can control with with rules with like with the irs those are rules we can't control you can't say i'm not going to pay taxes well you can but there are going to be consequences i think for for me, um, it's this idea of, of what are the rules that are important and what is the mission? Because I think part of it for me is I'm always asking about now it's, it's what's the challenge, what's the goal, what do we need to do about it? And it's always becoming adaptive. Uh, it's constantly changing form. It's constantly looking at what we're doing. Um, that kind of thing, I think, for me is, is key and important to making sure that we progress in anything, especially in education. And that's partly I think why I like doing what I'm doing right now in education is it's always to become adaptive. It's always to continue to accelerate. It's always to disrupt the status quo 
and work with leaders. So um, I'm not much of a rule follower when it comes to K-12 education, and that's part of what makes me a little weird. Um, but it's part of what also I think that, that greatest strength can sometimes be a vulnerability. But, um, yeah, I'll be quiet and let you ask me more if you, you have questions. No, I like that. I I, I just was curious because, you know, guys a lot of times face it at their work, but but I can't think of a, a more um, rule – friendly or <laughs> rule desirous place than uh than uh, k-12 education man I, that's part of why i got kicked out of school a lot, uh growing up <laughs> a whole lot you got kicked out a whole lot i'm sure right yeah. uh a fair amount a fair amount and i had a problem with uh <laughs> with not really learning my lesson so i'd get kicked out for something and then the day i go back i'd do it again <laughs> they catch me can't kick me out for a few more days <laughs> but that you know that's neither here nor there um <clears throat> But, uh, you know, you mentioned the IRS and, and GMO typed in the chat. He said, oh, here's a good idea. Let's uh, hire 87,000 more IRS agents to enforce more rules. And that made me think of, you know, something that's that's what I tell my girls all the time is I'm like, you know, girls, the problem with rules is you can never make enough of them. You know, you right. once you make a rule and, and you hold to it that this is the way it has to be. Well, there's going to be an exception to that somewhere in there. And rather than living with exceptions, you're going to have to try and make another rule on top of that, you know, and add to and add to and add to and add to. I believe there's a high correlation between the number of rules and people who don't know the mission. Because if you don't know the mission, then you need more guidance. You need more. You don't know how to act in the areas of gray. So what you do is you try to narrow down the gray. So I had I always told my NCOs, I said, you don't need me if it's written in the, the regulations. Just do it. But there's places that the regulations don't speak to. That's where I come in I'm, as the officer. It's the same thing in life. You know, if everyone knows the mission and everyone is taught to be free to lead and take sui sponte with an I2 within the mission, you don't need rules. The problem comes in is when people don't know the mission, then they don't know what to do in the, in the shades of gray. And so I, I just I can't prove it, but I guarantee if you went out and you did a study, it'd be a great study for someone do a study of how many people understand a mission of any organization and then the number of rules they have. And I guarantee you, the higher the number of people percentage that don't know the mission, the higher number of inane, stupid, little nitpicky rules they have. That's not one quite, uh, uh, oh, sorry, G. I would say that's not quite short enough to go on a t-shirt, but I really like it as a concept of, you know, the, the less you know the mission, the more you love the rules or something along those, those lines. Go ahead, Gmail. Yeah, I was just going to say something that really transformed um, my leadership as an Antan, as well as my marriage, honestly, was I've been doing a lot of work around metanoia, which is a point of transformation. And this uh, podcast I listened to was about manuals. And it really unlocked me from the way we each have manuals for the way we think a person should act or an organization should be led. And you are focused on judging everything that happens against your manual for that person or that organization. And what unlocked me was just the realization that what you're doing is playing God or the sky cue. You're not allowing that person or that organization to flourish the way it's planned, maybe from a higher purpose. So uh, once I heard that, I was like, I'm not big enough to play God. So I'm going to let go and I'm going to let this person and God do his work on that person or that organization. So for me, it was a huge relief. It gave me a lot of clarity to back off quite a bit and just uh, let things happen and sit back and, and have more hope and peace that uh, it 
two shall pass, or <laughs> it's way better than I would have ever thought it could have happened anyway. So it's kind of fun to be able to sit back and, and watch it uh, flourish. Yeah, I think about, you know, it should be the mission core principles plus nothing uh, on top of that, except whatever, you know, you're wanting to add as far as like fun, interesting ideas, right? But rules, adding rules really drives ego. And if you get enough egos in a room become sort of a, a quorum, it ends up driving comparison and comparison to other regions of, you know, pride and we're better than them and look at us. And instead of, I think we talked about it on another episode of, Hey, it's supposed to be the, that it's not about me, right? It's about the mission and it's about the organization and the men where we should be talking about, yes, we have liberty and freedom to be free to lead. Uh, but we need to, as Gobbler said, know the mission and the mission plus nothing basically. And that will drive love and service to others and to the group, right? And it'll uh, bond the brotherhood closer together. Hopefully that wasn't just a jumbled mess, but maybe. No, no, not at all. Not at all. Go ahead, Bono. Yeah. GMO got me thinking about leadership and self-deception, this concept that when I, when I judge people based on my rules, based on my expectations, then they're either going to be irrelevant. They're going to be incompetent. They're going to be someone I just, a vehicle to get to what I need. But part of it, I think, is, is getting back to Gobbler's definition of how do you see the man? How do you see the person as a human? And the first thing you got to do is sort of put aside your own rules and just look at them as, as one option. I think the other thing that, that Gobbler talked about, though, is having that vision is key. Uh, there's a concept in professional learning communities that do fours talk about loose and tight. I got to be really tight on the mission. I got to be really tight on. I know you're, you're making eyes at me right now, right? Yeah. You got to be really tight on certain things like you know, what's our vision? Where are we going? And I think that's the key thing, because if I'm tight on that and everyone knows it and everyone understands what it looks like and sounds like, then I can be looser on certain things because I don't have to make rules because everyone is aligned and knows where they're going. And I think that's where vape comes in. And that's where some of the key concepts that we have in F3 come in to eliminate our need for so many rules. So that way that we can then focus on the other human beings that we lead and, and work with and influence. Yeah, no, I, I love that. That's, and, and just to, to go back just a half a second to kind of what Bada Bing was saying, uh, again, uh, uh, a region which shall remain nameless, um, and it won't even be very obvious who it is, actually. <laughs> my last example was pretty obvious if you've ever been, if you're familiar at all with this certain region. But, um, but uh, you know, th there was a, um, the, the way that it was done, and it was a rule for them, uh, for this region. And it was essentially, you know, um, any, any change. So whether you wanted to launch an AO, or if you wanted to start a third F discussion, or if you wanted whatever it was that, that you as a man, as a, you know, a PAX in that region wanted to do, it needed to be submitted uh, to the SLT. And the SLT would decide uh, whether or not it was uh, going to meet the need or the standard, you know, or whatever. Right. And, and then if, if that SLT agreed, so, see, I know <laughs> speaking of hives, look at, I mean, again, if you could see the, the, the video right now, GMO is, is like having a, a, a some sort of attack. Um, and, uh, but, but that was, that was the way that they did that. And so when guys would kind of step out of that in any way, shape or form, 
you know, even down to, well, I'm the site queue. And I kind of thought maybe we'd start, you know, 10 minutes later, it was like, no, no, you didn't submit that to the SLT. You can't do that. You know, so on and so on. Right. And it was very dogmatic uh, in that sense. And, and, and just made me think when, you know, when Bada Bing was talking about ego, that that boy, I mean, nothing smells more like I'm more important than everything else around here than something like that. Am I right? Uh, Don't you put more of a culture around, did you hear what those guys over at that AO were doing over there? Doesn't that sound like fun versus kind of the hierarchy approval of the kingdom? That sounds exhausting. I, I tell you what, when I see those guys paddleboarding up there and, uh, you know, yes. North Carolina or South Carolina, wherever it is. No, that I'm, was, that's a, that's a, the fort. I'm jealous, man. Yeah. Like, we gotta, job. We're in Florida for the, for, God, for God's sakes, we gotta, we gotta do something. They, uh, they had like a little pop-up uh, AO that they do. And I think they just do it every couple of weeks. And it's kind of like a whoever wants to. It's not on the map. It doesn't really matter. But they go paddleboarding for an hour uh, or thereabouts. Uh, and Italian Job uh, has informally named it Big Deck Energy. Or no, Big Dock Energy. That's what it is. <laughs> <laughs> which, is which is pretty good. It's pretty good. Uh, so it, we're kind of in our, our final uh, few minutes here um, of time that we have. Uh, and so gobbler, if you, go ahead. I saw you come off mute. Go ahead and, and say, I was going to say that, you know, one of the things that this kind of highlights is we have to be careful as leaders, what we unintentionally create when we unintentionally create a rule. Okay. I'll, I'll, I'll use that phrase, but sometimes we can do things that, uh, we just, do we create an unspoken thing that has to happen? And I, of course, that's one of the things that I do. And, and I, I know I annoy people on the team when I do this. It's like, you know, before we do that, what are we, what, what is the precedent we're sending or something like that? You know, and that's, you know, what is, what are we doing with this process? What culture are we unintentionally creating? That's one of the things I'm charged with on the team. Um, but I, you know, I would say to anyone when they're a leader, take your, you know, take a step back and ask yourself, oh, I just, what did I unintentionally create? You know, when you give someone an answer, when they come to you, you're creating a culture that you are the answer giver. But is that the culture you want? You know, or what if you sent them away with a question that helped them to find the answer? Right now you're creating a culture where you're empowering people to, to learn themselves. So that's just an example. But we can do that. We can be very, very helpful and be very good doing good things, but we're creating a culture that actually suppresses the overall greatness that we want to develop. Gobbler, that, that coming up with a question um, is one of those things we do down here in lower education to help people think. Isn't that right, Noah? <laughs> real low, real, real low education. Um, real low education. We no, in fact, the, the coming up the questions, and there's so many um, – uh, you know, things like that, um, that, that you guys have done. And, and really, I was just going to say, you know, Gobbler, that's one of the things that you um, early on taught me, uh, whether you meant to or not, um, kind of thinking about second and third order effects. It's something that I've always felt and kind of known, but to, to really um, put, put language to it for one, but also to be able to kind of um, put a framework to thinking through things that way. I watched how you've done that. I've incorporated that a lot in my life and, and my parenting even. Uh, and how I, you know, approach my life with my kids and stuff like that. So um, it's it's pretty cool. So it, as we kind of are wrapping up now, because we're, we're kind of in our, our final few minutes of uh, of the podcast, I have a quick kind of around the horn uh, that might be an interesting question, right? So maybe, just maybe, we're not going to do it, right? Of course, we're not going to do it. But maybe there's a rule, like a specific rule that you would love to have, that you would love to create in F3, but 
you know, we're not going to do it. Obviously we can't, you know, we're not going to run around making rules, but, but if you could, if you could, what, what's a rule that you might love to have in F3? Go ahead, God, you go first. All squats must be done before below parallel. <laughs> Amen. Amen. Uh, you know what? That might actually be worthy of rulemaking. <laughs> That's pretty good. I'll, 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 I'll pivot on that quality reps over quantity. That's fair. Yeah. Yeah. And obviously we can, you know, there's, there's a certain amount of uh, influence that we can have on any of these things. Right. Yeah. But I like, I like uh, quality reps over quantity and, and squat below, <laughs> squat below parallel. Fair. What do you think, Bono? 10, 10 burpees every workout period, or it's not called a workout. Mm, okay. That's a good one. All right. That's good. I like that. I'll go maybe a little more controversial. I would say very severely limit uh, teen boys 2.0s at morning beatdowns. I think it's good for the dad and the son, but I see those dads really kind of focused on the dad and the son. They're not focused on inviting their buddies. So I don't know that, uh, you know, for me, it's open to all men and I'm a little bit more rigorous around a man. So that would be mine. Yeah, I'm, I, I, uh, I, I'd love to disagree with any of these, you know, <laughs> but like, I think they're all good, like, you know, suggestions. So, you know, I guess the, the thing of it then is just like with everything else, right. You can't, we can't force a man to do it. We can't, well, I guess we could theoretically try to, right. You could try to force a man to do it. You could try to make some kind of, you know, rule prison for everybody and, and make that a thing, but, but you know, there's no, there's no value in it to me long-term uh, in, in my mind, you know, there's no, there's no value in, in doing that. Um, and, and the other thing is that, uh, you know, knowing when to cut it off from and how to influence when it's not really a rule, but you'd love to see it as one, you know, knowing how to persuade men and have a vision towards something like that, where it's like, Hey, maybe, maybe having these kids this, you know, here this early, isn't really helpful to everybody. It's helpful to you, but maybe you need to think about beyond just you. Um, or, you know, maybe the culture is, yeah, sure. Bring your kid, but please understand he's getting the full enchilada friend. Like I'm not holding back one thing. That's the way I've influenced it in the past is, uh, guys have brought their sons and I've told them very directly, like, Hey, just understand I'm not holding back anything. And, uh, usually those kids have never come back, uh, <laughs> because they have learned things that their father hadn't planned to teach them for 20 years. <laughs> um, so, you know, any number of ways to influence it. And I guess that's the tough part, right? And that's, as we always say at the end of these podcasts now, because I think I've adopted it as the uh, sort of the, the way we'll sign off. And, and that is, yeah, yeah, it's difficult. Yes, it's a difficult tension to navigate. Yes, it's horrifying. But if it was easy, we wouldn't need leaders. Aye? Aye. Aye. Till next time, it's Dark Helmet signing off. Thanks for listening to the 43 Feet Podcast. If you like what you heard on the show, or if it's helped you in some way, we'd ask you to rate us, write a review, and share us with your friends and networks. It really does help others to find us. If you have questions, comments, or concerns, write us at questions at 43feetpodcast.com or tweet us at 43feetpodcast. The climb we're on to create virtuous leaders isn't going to be easy, but we'll get there 43 feet at a time.